Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite, Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here. And man, we have a heck of a game to talk <laughs> about. I know you all have probably tons of thoughts, comments, questions, all of that. Send all of that in. If you're not watching on Facebook, go ahead and head over to the Buccaneers Facebook page. That's where you can leave all of your questions and comments for us underneath that live video. We're going to be taking those. But it's until Victory Tuesday. Victory Tuesday. I love that. We're going to have victory all week. <laughs> like sometimes it's only Monday. This We're just taking this all week yeah. when it's a division win on the road to start the season we're just gonna celebrate all week forget mm -hmm. that 24 hour rule no, about yeah, moving on maybe the team will do that we're not doing that so i don't have to practice on wednesday I, exactly right? we don't have to move on Let's until sunday we're just exactly. gonna celebrate all week so uh, <clears throat> until we give you guys a chance to get some of those questions in just i, I want to hear your initial thoughts about that game and it was exactly how you predicted <laughs> it would go right i'm sure well no i mean do i know that it was meant as a joke but i don't remember if it was on this show or it was something we did last week where i said if the if the Saints win, it'll probably be kind of a lopsided thing. If the Bucks win, I bet it's going to be a shootout. Right, yeah. And uh, that's obviously what happened. Yeah, that worked out um, well for you there. That was a good prediction. You know, I was there in 2000 when the Bucks played the Rams on uh, in week 16 of that season. The Rams, that was the Kurt Warner greatest show on turf Rams, you know. Right, yeah. And that was a shootout, 38-35. Bucks won at the end, and that was considered probably the – greatest regular season game in Bucks history. This one on on uh, Sunday is up there, at least in terms of the most incredible shootout the Buccaneers right. have ever had. Right. And, I mean, uh, statistically it is. I mean, the Buccaneers have never, ever won a game before where they allowed 40 points. And they yeah. they had to tie their own scoring record in a single game to do so. Which is crazy. Yeah, and, and this close to breaking that record, I would, oh. Chandler had made his third field. They made the first two if he'd have made that last one. Not only would that have broken the record, but it would have made us feel a lot easier there at the end, right? Yeah, that, that did get a little nerve-wracking at the end. <clears throat> it, did, it took an, just, I mean, the unbelievable out-of-his-mind game that Ryan Fitzpatrick had throwing the ball, and then at the end it takes one big run from him to seal the victory. Which I love. If you ever told me that we would be relying on Fitzpatrick to run to save a game and it would work, yeah. I would have been like, what? He, he ran a lot <laughs> he in that did. game. He did. I couldn't believe, He looked like this youthful yeah. fellow. I mean, running a guy over, basically, at the for goal line. That was that sweet. Was, and then the Superman yes, celebration. Yes, that was great. He was feeling it, that's for sure. Um, and uh, Mike Evans said after the game, he said, that's one of the most complete games I've ever seen from a quarterback. And that's, and that's so some true. of what we're talking about. The, just the absolutely on-target downfield throws, which is something we've been begging to see for seasons now. The running, the avoiding. You know, some of it was running. Some of it was scrambling and getting out and throwing on the run. But more often it was picking up a few yards. And then just the way that he handled the procedural part of being quarterback, which is, of course, what you'd expect from a guy who just was making his 120th NFL start. Right. But the Superdome is a different animal. And uh, apparently, according to Coach Cutter, who heard this from Coach Munkin, there was eight or nine times <clears throat> where with really loud crowd noise, he was able to, Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to make an effective change at the line that's and huge. get it communicated to everybody, largely using hand signals. And that's a lot harder than it sounds to get oh, that yeah. information to everybody. So. Well, <coughs> You know, Ryan Jensen is your center this year, and it's his first year with this team. And when he was joining the team, he had to basically prepare for two different starting quarterbacks yeah. to be the one he's snapping to mm -hmm. and getting calls from. So I feel like the communication that it showed that Fitzpatrick had with, with him and the line overall, that you just didn't really see miscommunication. It felt like it all went really well, and I thought that was a great sign. of. I mean, talk about a massive test to start with that new look O-line and with Fitzpatrick back there. I mean, I just that to me was one of the more impressive parts Yeah, of the I'm game. really glad you brought that up. I actually wrote about that yesterday. I spent most of yesterday writing those data crunch articles where you're breaking down, you know, some of the most amazing stats, and we had so many of them. But then at the end of the day, after Coach Cutter talked, 
I, it occurred. I mean, I'm listening to him. I thought, you know, the offensive line needs some needs to get some credit here. A lot of credit. They they were like you just already said it. They were they were fantastic and in a really tough challenge. Ryan Jensen, I think, made a difference both with the way he played and the communication and also his attitude. You saw yep. it. Yeah. Uh, so you saw I know, why we brought him in. Yeah. In case people thought <clears throat> after he signed a big contract that he maybe wasn't going to be his old nasty <laughs> self, much. I think he put that to rest. Yes. Coach said he flipped a switch basically for the regular season. Like yeah. He, it was a different, a whole new different Ryan thing Jensen, since the preseason. Which is great. I love that. Um, so we have a lot of questions all in the similar vein, and I know, unfortunately, you're probably not going to even be able to answer them. So this is the disclaimer. <laughs> it is all the questions about injury updates. We've yeah. got the questions about Deshaun and Vernon and yeah. Brent Grimes and Vita Vea and all these people. So I, I big, was, giant yeah, injury that, I would say that's going to be the one, and we might as well just say now, that's going to be one disadvantage to doing this every Tuesday because every yeah, every Sunday, true. well, hopefully not every Sunday, but on a lot of Sundays, somebody's going to get a little injury. And every Monday, the coach is going to be asked about them, and every Monday he's going to say, we'll have an injury report on Wednesday. On Wednesday. That's so simply the way it's going to go. That's it. So we're going to tell you there will be an injury report tomorrow yes. and the next day and the yes. next day, and but those will be the things that tell you yeah. the information. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to help with that. We just don't know. Uh, Ryan wanted to know, do you think we expect to see Rojo <clears throat> dress this weekend? If I was betting, yes, I would say so. Here's here's the thing about that, and that that was one of the main things that I got Twitter responses on uh, on Sunday. Um was you know and it's kind of funny by the end of the game you think you'd be celebrating all the guys that did awesome and we're talking about one guy that didn't play but I understand second round pick high second round pick the thought was when he was drafted he was going to be the compliment to Peyton Barber he was going to provide big plays and I still think that's going to happen we talked about this before the game um he was inactive for one game not the right. season he was not deactivated for the season I believe that that was the product of some injuries at other positions and decisions that had to be made to get down to 46. Um, you know, Brink Rimes was out and MJ Stewart had been banged up a lot. They definitely wanted to make sure they had at least five cornerbacks. Because yeah. if one goes down, you only have four and one goes down, then you're, you're playing with three guys and you usually have three on the field against Drew Brees. You got no backup. Right. So, J.B. Nelly didn't end up playing a whole lot, uh, but he was active just in case. And we kept our full eight-man rotation of defensive linemen with Vita Vea out, uh, up. And so, that's going pretty deep at those two positions. And if you're going to go deep somewhere, you got to lose it somewhere else. I suppose you could have gone with just four receivers. You know, your fifth receiver, Freddie Martino, only played about 13 snaps. But Freddie plays a lot on special teams. Do you want to, do you want to play without Anthony O'Claire or Alan Cross? Well, you can see in that game – that even though they didn't play a ton, they have some very specific roles in the offense. Uh, and so who, where are you going to go? You're already down to seven offensive linemen. You go with Ronald Jones because Sean Wilson is your kickoff returner. And the game plan in this game, you think you can – you have a game plan, and obviously it worked. Right. And uh, you can do this game plan without Ronald Jones. Next week, hopefully with, with some injuries cleared up or maybe just the injury situation isn't exactly the same, you probably will keep four tailbacks up because – for most of the three years that Coach Cutter's been calling the plays, we've kept four tailbacks up in every game. It's just something that he generally does. So I think that's the goal in most games, and it just didn't work out from a number standpoint. So if I'm betting, I would say Ronald Jones is active for the next game. Okay. Don't know that for sure, but I think so. Okay. Uh, I think – well, it's funny. It says Gerard, but then I think he says his name is actually Chris. Maybe it's a – that's a 
first Gerard, in the Lane situation. Chris, Chris uh, said he loved that they distributed the ball to more than just Evans and Brait and thought that was such a huge factor that more guys were involved. And he said, can we expect more of this? And it seems like this is going to be the key to the season. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to spread it around. I, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was saying after the game that we have six guys we really like to throw the ball to. And there's more than that, but there's that's your four core receivers and your two tight ends. And uh, I think they're all going to get the ball. The one guy who didn't get the ball actually was Cam Brate mm -hmm. in that game. And he played the fewest snaps he's played in the last two years in any game. But I don't think, again, just like the Ron Jones things, I don't think this was a slight. It's just the game plan. The game plan was to really utilize those out, outside receivers. And Deshaun and um, and Mike Evans were targeted 12 times, and every single play, every single one of those targets worked. I mean, it was working. Right. And they produced 293 yards. That's nearly 25 yards per target, which is practically unheard of. Right. So that was definitely the plan going in, and it worked. Uh, so, you know, we we did spread it around a little bit, but we did still focus on those guys. I think in another game, Cam Brate will be more involved. Here's another thing about that topic that I'd like to bring up is that People have been asking us how Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin, how are they going to coordinate that, right? Because it seems like Chris Godwin's going to get more playing time, but at whose expense? Right. I think you saw a little bit of a blueprint, although I'm sure it was specifically game plan, of how it's going to work. Deshaun Jackson had an enormous game, right? right? But he only played 20 plays. Yeah. He missed a little bit of time at the end with the injury, but he only played 20 plays, and Chris Godwin played like 34 plays and, and made some really big plays. Mm -hmm. So you can get a lot out of Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson without having him on the field all the time. Yeah, that's a good point. That's, so, yeah, that's and there was huge. even one play, I believe, on the big touchdown, Deshaun was in the slot. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways you can work this, and we're, oh, we're just, we're just uh, scratching the surface And here. the more diversity there, the harder it is for defenses 100%. to figure it out. Uh, I love this next question. Doug wants to know, when and where is the Allie and Donovan show going to air? And Yay. we filmed our first episode yesterday. There was a lot of laughter. Apparently, we heard we were very loud, even that there were people in the nearby hallways saying that we were being a little noisy. Rambunctious, we like, if you will. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, exactly. So it is going to air on WFLA Saturday at nice. 7.30. There's actually back-to-back -back Bucks shows. we got Bucks All Access and then the Allie and Donovan Show at 7 and 7.30. We're also going to put it on the Buccaneers website. We don't know exactly when that's going to go up now. Um, so there will be plenty of ways, even if you're not in the Tampa market, you will still be able to see it. Um, it just as a little teaser, there was discussion of who would win in an arm wrestling contest. Mm -hmm. Between you uh, and Yeah, Allie I was unfortunate. I was actually really bitter that someone asked between Allie and Donovan, and I'm like, why was I not I'm even sitting given right here. a chance at this? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I could hold my own for, I don't know, 0.1 seconds right, right. potentially. You definitely hang in there. Uh, and the answer practically made Donovan cry. He was laughing so hard. Like, full belly laugh. So you're like just teasing when us we what were, the answer Yes, so be, I'm not huh? going to actually tell you the answer. <laughs> But it was not a traditional either Allie or Donovan. There okay. was a there was a third weird option here. Oh. So I'm just going to tease that. It was a great okay, show. Okay, Saturday at 7.30? Saturday at 7.30 on WFLA. And, and then at we'll some point on Bucks. On Bucks.com, Bucks yes. Um, <clears throat> Kevin wanted to know, we only got one sack versus the Saints. How mm -hmm. many do you predict versus the Eagles? Three. That was such a quick and specific yeah. answer. The, okay, <laughs> you normally don't like <laughs> want to give like a I specific know. number. You're like, well, you know. And that, uh, that, you call three. me wishy-washy here? Three. <laughs> now I'm going to be wishy-washy about whether or not yeah, I'm calling exactly. you wishy-washy. Listen, I, I agree. There was only one sack. This is the number one new constructed unit that we've been wanting to see in action, right? This right. defensive line, the first time where they could actually rotate eight guys in the whole game, which you don't do in the preseason. And you wanted more, but look at the team we were playing. This is maybe the most difficult 
environment for us to start this season with a huge sack game. I mean, Drew Brees just doesn't get sacked very often. He has a great offensive line, and he gets rid of the ball quickly. I mean, right. the one sack in itself was quite encouraging because it was a simple one-on-one -on -one win by Vinny Curry. There was nothing fancy about it. Snapped the ball. He beat his man, got right around the right tackle, and he was in Drew Brees' face before Brees could even really get set up. It was a great one-on-one -on -one win, which we want, right? That was the whole point. We have Joe McCoy making the Pro Bowl every year and being right. dominant, but being double teamed all the time, and nobody's taking advantage of the resulting one-on-ones. Right. Vinnie Curry did right there, and that's very encouraging. We also saw one good, really good rush by um, JPP and one by Carl Nassib, but in both cases, Drew Brees was able to get away, which is incredible. On, Drew Brees. on the JPP yeah. one, I couldn't believe he yeah. got away from that one. Well, and that's perfect because Benji actually <coughs> asked uh, – has JPP had a lot of success against the Eagles in the past? You know, he spent his career with New York. They were in the same division. He's faced them yes. a whole lot. Yes. Uh, so does that give him a pretty good chance yeah. this week? It's funny that you asked that because I actually went through the, his game logs to see well, against that. Philly. Uh, it was last week, so I don't have an absolutely fresh memory of which was which, but it was kind of a give and take. There were some games where he had big games, a couple sacks, and there were several games where he didn't. And, and you got to understand the Eagles have had some pretty good offensive tackle play, especially Jason mm -hmm. Peters, right. for most of the time that he's been in New York. So um, it, it's a tough challenge, and he's had some he's had some wins against them. So okay, yeah, he can definitely do it again. And Kevin asked, how much work does Carlton Davis need to be a productive cornerback? And I guess just overall, the question is, yeah. what do you make of his performance yeah. on Sunday? Yeah, he he's <laughs> you know again. Very first game, Drew Brees in the Superdome. Yeah, that's a little yeah, rough. That's a tough test a right there. Um, that's like walking into your chemistry class for the first time and you get a you get a pop quiz. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, I don't think you're you're mixing the chemicals real well that first that's day. That's very true. Probably it, an explosion. Yeah. <laughs> um, Coach Cutter did say that both him and MJ Stewart, who also came in for Carlton for a little while and played about 19 snaps. Both got better as the game went on, and he said both of them learned some lessons that's going to help them in the long run. So, no, of course that was not the perfect start for either one of them. Carlton Davis, like any rookie cornerback, needs some work. Right. How much? Um, well, let's hope it's not much. Yeah. I mean, because we're going to rely on him. And uh, he did look good in the preseason. I yeah, mean, yeah, 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 he did. This, this seems <clears throat> like maybe this was one game of just knocking off that rookie rust and learning curve a little bit and, and maybe now this is the and a really tough challenge yeah that, of that course is. we got some tough ones coming up too i mean nick Foles has a good history against us that's true and then it's big ben roethlisberger man poor so, rookie yeah <laughs> welcome to the here's NFL. the fire jump in uh jared asked uh he said i'm excited to see justin watson um do you think that he'll get some targets on sunday and especially he asked if we are without deshaun jackson how yeah. does that change things um that would be the probably the only reason that justin would have a helmet on on sunday he was one of our inactives as we predicted mm -hmm. uh, in the first game because you have six receivers and you generally only keep five of them up and freddie martino is a guy that we have a lot of res trust in and we know he's really good on special teams and in fact he made a tackle in that game justin watson is anticipate it's anticipated he's going to be good on special teams as well but freddie's we already know he is right um so i would suspect you'd keep the same five receivers up if deshaun's ready to go if deshaun's not ready to go then justin probably does get a helmet on um again though chris godwin is probably going to soak up most of those extra snaps mm -hmm. um and it would it would probably get justin on the field for a handful of snaps like freddie was your fifth guy in this last game and he played 13 snaps mm -hmm. so he'd probably get on the field for a handful of snaps but that's not enough to get a ton of targets so okay. i wouldn't expect a ton all right, well, that's going to do it for us here on Buccaneers Insider Live, presented by Miller Lite. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back here every week, same time, and you can also catch us live 45 minutes before kickoff on Sunday as they face the defending Super Bowl champs, the Eagles. We'll see you next time.